find that uh, you know Pete, when I was when I was uh, you know like 30 and then doing the world record stuff and competing like that. I mean, I could train three times a day. I yeah. used to do I used to do an AM like early morning would do a PM to sometime like an afternoon. And I mean, pretty, you know, I had it, I'd set it pretty good where it wouldn't go, you know, just a hundred percent every yeah. one, but I was still training two to three times a day. And then on the weekends, you know, eight to 12 to sometimes an entire weekend. Um, and I backed it off. I think I take more rest now. I'm, okay. I'm definitely better listening to my body. I see the injuries and, um, you know, I beat the hell out of my body the last yeah. like 16 years. Yeah. I mean, I put it through some rough stuff. So I still go at a pretty high level. I mean, you know, I'm still competitive in my age groups at, uh, at different events, but I backed it off a little bit, but not that much. Hi, I'm Pete McCall and welcome to this episode of All About Fitness. Before I get into details of this episode and before I explain who that voice was at the beginning, I want to take a moment to say a huge thank you. A big thank you to those of you that came up to me during Idea World. Now, I admit, I was a little under the weather. I was fighting Nicole, but I got to meet some great people there. I met Nicole from La Quinta. Nicole, thank you for coming up and saying hello. And I really am stoked that you're able to use the discount code to save a little bit of money to hit Idea World. And Maria from Vasa. <laughs> Maria, it really was. It was a lot of fun to have Doris introduce us. And thank you so much for being a listener. And welcome to the fitness industry. I understand you don't have much of a background in fitness, but I think you are going to love your experience, especially working with Doris. Well, let's get on to this episode. Now, first of all, for those of us who are a certain age, Summertime always brings the. I let me decide to try it again. For those of us of a certain age, summertime you know kind of brings up certain images, and one of those is reruns. You know, once upon a time we only had three TV stations. Think about that for a second. Anybody under the age of thirty-five, that might blow your mind. But once upon a time we only had three. We could choose from ABC, CBS, and NBC. Sometime in the late 80s, Fox came along and, and changed that. And now we have stations everywhere return. But what used to happen is we used to get summer reruns. What I'm doing right now in All About Fitness is I'm doing a few reruns of previous episodes. On this episode, I'm re-airing or re-releasing an, ep- an interview I did with Joe Decker back in 2016 when I first started the podcast. So when I first started the podcast, I was doing some intermittent interviews. I wasn't that consistent. But one of the first people I wanted to go after was this guest, and that's Joe Decker. Because Joe is the world's fittest man. And I mean that. I'm going to have a link to his, his page below. But back in the 90s, Joe set the Guinness Book of World Records for doing the most exercise in a 24-hour period. From there, Joe has gone on to become an ultra-endurance athlete. And this is really why, when I started my podcast, All About Fitness, Joe Decker was one of the first people I wanted to interview because Joe is one of the fittest men. I mean, he is the world's fittest man, according to Guinness World Records, but he also won. And think about this for a second. Joe won the Spartan death race two times. If you've done an obstacle course race, most of the current obstacle course races are derived from the original Spartan death race, which was a 24 to 48 hour race in Vermont that really challenged you to an ultimate extent. If you entered the Spartan death race, you're a different individual. If you finished the Spartan death race, you were very sick and at a high level of fitness. Joe Decker, not only is the world's fittest man, according to Guinness Book of World Records, but Joe won the Spartan death race two times. And that is why Joe Decker and his wife, Nicole, who joined me for the interview, was one of the first people I interviewed for the All About Fitness podcast because Joe personifies fitness. So with that, after a brief word from the sponsors of All About Fitness, I'm re-airing an interview that first ran in March of 2016, and that's with Joe Decker and Nicole Decker, the founders of Gut Check Fitness. 
You can pick them up. You can carry them. You can lift them. You can swing them. You can throw them. You can do core training with them, metabolic conditioning with them, high-intensity interval training. Whatever you want to do with movement, you can do it with a sand bell. You can do it with soft bells, or you can do it with a vest by Hyperware. Hyperware makes some excellent products that allow you to move with extra resistance. Resistance training is what makes a difference in your body, folks. If you want to get stronger, you got to pick up something heavy. If you want to burn a few calories, you pick up something heavy a little bit faster, but do it safely. Whatever your fitness goal is, Hyperware makes a product that can help you achieve it. That's H-Y-P-E-R-Ware.com. Hyperware, makers of the vest. One of the best vests out there on the market. You can use a weighted vest. It stays close to your body, and you can do a tons of cool body weight exercises with it with low extra weight. Hyperware also makes sand bells and soft bells, very unique weights. I love them. I use them in my book, Smarter Workouts, because they work. Use code AAF10. That's AAF10 to save 10% on the purchase of any Hyperware product and go to hyperware.com to check out their entire catalog. It's a platform. It's a balance tool. You can do a ton of different exercises on it. Guys, you've been listening to me talk about the TerraCore. You've been hearing TerraCore ads on All About Fitness. Well, I've got great news for you. I went to the folks at TerraCore. The code AAF, I changed the code. The code AAF now gets you a 25%. That is 25% savings on a TerraCore. Use code AAF to save 25% on a TerraCore. What is TerraCore? Go to TerraCoreFitness.com. That is TerraCoreFitness.com, T-E-R-R-A, CoreFitness.com, and check out one of the coolest products in fitness. See why Men's Health voted it one of the top fitness at-home products that you should have for your workouts. Check out TerraCore Fitness on Instagram to see some amazing tricks. Again, TerraCore now is 25% off through All About Fitness. Use code AAF to save 25% on the purchase of a TerraCore. All right, Joe, Joe tell me a little bit about your background. Like what's, uh, what got you into fitness and, and kind of what you do? Uh, what got me into fitness? Um, long story. But, uh, you know, growing up on a farm, um, played high school football to, uh, to, you know, join the military. I was in a high-speed military unit. Um, then uh, got out and got a degree in exercise physiology. Um, and I, I've, I've been in and out of fitness for a long time. Uh, I've gone through fitness has saved my life more than once. Uh, when I was in high school, I had the interior compartment center about lost my leg from the knee down and oh, ended wow. up gaining 260 pounds. Well, I weighed up to 260. <laughs> and I got to the uh, Army boot camp. They put me on a fat boy program and I got me in shape real quick. So I embraced fitness again, got out, traveled around the United States for a while, got caught up in uh, drugs and alcohol down in New Orleans and was suicidal from uh, doing too much of both. Um, and then fitness got back in and saved my life again. So ended up getting a degree in exercise physiology from um, Western Illinois University and then moved to uh, DC. And this was probably about 1980 or no, no, 1990, I'm sorry, 1998 and ended up working with a company called the Sergeant's Program, which was one of the first boot camp companies in the nation, like real big boot camp company. I was out, out in uh, um, Washington, DC. Worked with them for a while and decided I wanted to do something a little bit different on my own because uh, this, this just wasn't my cup of tea. So I started basically Gut Check Fitness then, it's been about 20 years ago. And um, just, you know, I just, I, I love fitness because I think it's very interesting 
to uh, see and learn about how the human body works and now, you know, see how it, it ages. So. And what's interesting, Joe, and because you know, we, we, the funny thing is we lived in D.C. at about the same time in the late 90s and early 2000s and, <laughs> and now here. And your background, you're modest. This is what I've heard about you is you're very modest because what people may or may not know is currently you hold the title for What's your title with the Guinness Book of World Records? Well, I have the uh, the Guinness 24-hour physical fitness challenge, but with the with the title came the world's fittest man. But yeah, and that's so. but you know we, what it was. It was like 24 hours of how, the amount of exercise you did. Yeah. And I remember reading about it at the time because you, you did it in the D.C. area when I was living there. Yep. And yep. so that was a 24-hour, and and so you just kind of that's on the shelf now. You haven't you don't really do much with that. You Man. know what I did it. It's one of those things. You know, people like I don't I don't I, I'm not a guy that sets and and, and talks about you know uh, you know at 40 years old what I did back when I was 18 years old in high school or what I did at 30. For me, I always, I always just look at the challenges, and it's like you know I think as human beings, challenges are good for us. Um, and that was a challenge at this time, and it wasn't to see if I'd become the world's fittest man for ego or anything like that. I just saw this, you know, badass competition out there. I just wanted to see if I could, <laughs> if I could give it a go. You yeah. see if you could do it. That's I wanted to see if I was physically capable of it. And I mean, I took it took me a year to train for it. You know, I okay. mean, I had I, it was pretty. I mean, it's a Guinness World Record. Yeah. Because yeah. I broke that one, and then I got kind of cocky and thought I could just go around and break them left and right, and I failed the next seven attempts. Okay. So. Well, and that's I just remember reading about it and just the amount of work you did in 24 hours between weightlifting, swimming, running, rowing. You know, it just, I, I remember seeing it. It was pretty incredible. It was a lot. It and was then, definitely a lot. And so just your training, and, and especially to come from from being put on the, the fat boy program in the military, <laughs> I can see that kind of be would, would help you set a goal. Is yeah. that how you've set your goals in, in fitness? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, for me, I just I just like the, the more insane and the, and the more, uh, you know, out there, the better. Um, you know, I mean, I, I just love challenges. I and, love challenges. And that's going to bring me to the next thing. And I think what, what people may or may not know um, is you're, you're really into obstacle course and like mud run racing, right? And you even started your own mud run? Um, we obstacle do, course race? Well, not really. I wouldn't say obstacle course. We're, we're more like this kind of outdoor fitness, but sim- similar to that. But I mean, I'm into everything. Okay. I mean, because I, I still like actively compete in ultra running and in powerlifting too, which are on both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, like but that's why I do it because yeah. people are like, Oh, well I'm a runner. I'm like, well dude, you're a skinny, you know, yeah. lanky guy. You should be a runner. I'm like, yeah. how much can you, you know, what's your, what's your, how strong are you? Yeah. Well, I'm not, or a big powerlifter or a strong man. I'd be like, you know, Hey man, I can lift a lot. I'm like, well, no crap. You should be able to, you know, 270 pounds and five foot tall. You look like a fucking <laughs> great, like an ape, you know? But I'm like, you know, do what you're not good at and do it well, or at least do it and be be able to do it. And that's where I've always I've always found it interesting. Rather than just do what you're, you know, physically supposed to do, do what you're not. And then OCR is nice because it kind of combines a little bit of the both of that. You know, you still have to do, you have to be fast, you have to have the endurance, you have to have the physical agility and stuff like that. But a lot of them now, especially like Spartan and Mudder, they're putting in tire flipping and Atlas stone carries yeah. and pulls and stuff like that. So, And that's one thing, you know, I, I interviewed you a couple of years ago for an article and I've done, I don't know, maybe half a dozen Spartan races now. And I've done, I've, you know, done the Marine Boot Camp Challenge yep, yep. and MCRD and the, and I just, for me, you know, I was never a fast guy. I was never, you know, a great athlete. But what I like about um, obstacle course racing is, is you get out and play. You get to get muddy. You get yeah. to crawl in the dirt. You get to do. Do you think that's why it's so popular? Do you think that's what kind of is that what you see? I think so. You know, I, I think so. I think people really like that, and I think they've done a great job on bringing people together. You know, there, there's an old saying. I mean, not just military, but I think for life in general, is it? Uh, well, of course, misery loves company, but adversity builds character, and I think it's great to see people out there pushing themselves and try to become you know better than uh, 
better than they are, you know, to be the best human being they can. But yeah, people really, the social, the social connection of it is connectivity is the day because I think this could have happened probably in the day when, when you and I were doing, because if you look through it, I mean, you started out in the eighties with marathons and nineties were triathlons, 2000 was adventure racing, like eco challenge and stuff like that. But we didn't have social media then. No, that's we didn't right. have social yeah. media then. And I think I, I have no doubt like the, the tries and the, the marathons and, and definitely adventure racing would have gone the same way. But this is the first generation where the social media and stuff like that, because the, the obstacle course races, I mean, you know, being a military guy, they're really not that tough. I mean, a lot of them, I mean, you have, you know, five miles and five obstacles. It's kind of like, OK, and yeah. some of them are like six inch high. I mean, which is great. The average person is doing it. But it's the whole social ability now to show photos of, of, of yourself. And uh, again, I'm glad people are doing it. But I, I think I really think that uh, adventure racing would have been bigger, honestly, because there's so much other stuff like rowing yeah. and, and swimming. Yeah, and climbing. so many disciplines. Well, yeah. yeah, I never thought about that because you're right. Adventure racing was before you could do an Instagram yeah. at the end of the race and post. You know, remember Mark Burnett? I mean, Eco yeah. Challenge. That was huge. Got a TV show. Yeah, you know, they got a bit a lot, of, and that's what led to Survivor. I mean, yeah, that's ultimately totally. what led to Survivor. And that's where, so what, and I know, cause this is a thing and what I, what's also remarkable about you is you've done the Spartan death race, right? And you've actually won that twice. Yeah. yeah and, yeah. and we'll talk about that in a second, but what, what people may not understand to do a search for Spartan death race. And, <laughs> and I don't, and this is with, with all, like all respect, cause you're a little bit, you're a little bit different. If you decide to enter in that race, if you finish <laughs> it, you're very, you're a very unique individual. But the fact that you won it two times. I mean, that puts you in like a upper strata. Just, is, I don't, is it mental toughness? A race like that, is it mental toughness or is it physical? What, what gets you through a, a race like that? Well, you know, I think, you know, definitely, I mean, you know, having gut check fitness because I train daily. And I mean, the program, so, so the company that, the, uh, that we run here called Gut Check Fitness, the basic, the basic programming from, an ex, from a physiological standpoint and just from a bit layout is the same training that I did to break a Guinness World Record. So okay. basically I took that year that I was training for the Guinness World Record, the multidiscipline, boom, put it onto a calendar, broke it down month okay. by month and week by week. So it, I knew that it was, I, I knew that it worked. I mean, yeah. it, was a, it was a tried and true, you know, it was a tested yeah. pr uh, product. So I do, I would use that and then incorporate other things in there. You know, my military background, of course, and then growing up on a farm, of course. So I think the combination of all that, and you know, I'm a big believer in, my training is different. I'm not saying that I'm a, a you know a better than anybody else or anything like that. But you know most guys and girls I talk to, I'm like, okay, how's your training going for the death race? Because you know it's going to be 24 to 48 hours. And I say, oh man, I got up eight o'clock in the morning. I did. I trained till eight o'clock at night. I'm like, well, that's nice. But I'm like, you understand? It's like two days. You should be training opposite. So I would go out, and that's how I actually started to suck. Was I'd start at eight o'clock at night and train till eight o'clock in the morning. So do it completely backwards so you get used to sleep deprivation and things that you normally... These are things that if you don't train for and you counter them, it's like, holy moly, you can be fit as heck. But when the sun goes down and the demons come dancing and you're not ready for it, then things can, you know... Then well, that's, that's, applying, that's applying the specificity principle. Totally. Right? Specific adaptations to impose demands. Totally, totally. And I think you're 100% right because I think a lot of people train at a certain like if they train in the morning they train that they're not yep. training for the time because if you're an app if you work out in the afternoon you go runs for the afternoon it's different in the morning and most races start at 7 a.m in the morning exactly you might not be used to running in the morning chill likewise if you're training first thing in the morning and you go out to you know if you're playing an evening sport you might not be used there's a heat differential in there and i think totally. so, so training through the night i think is a very unique approach to that and are you going to do it? Are you doing the death race again this year or is that? No, I did it two years. You know, I did it two years. And I, I you know, I, I, I have a, uh, my, my attention span, I love, like this year I'm doing uh, the world's toughest uh, kayak race. It's a 260 okay. mile nonstop uh, race called the Texas Water Safari. 
and that was on my bucket list. The year, so the year that I broke the Guinness World Record and did the Grand Slam of Ultra Running, Badwater, all that. I, I just I turned 30, and I'm like, you know what the hell? I'm gonna do the toughest events in the world, and this whole list came up. Yeah. So those are the ones I started knocking out. And this one's been on my list for, well, 16 years now. So to this so point, it, what's been the funnest event you've entered? Like the, the one that you had that you had the most, you finished with a big smile on your face. I think every single one. I mean, okay. you know, Badwater, I finished Badwater my first year. My toenails all gone and, you know, bleeding from between my legs. But man, it was just awesome climbing. You know, seeing, being up top of Mount Whitney when the sun's coming up and, then, you know, being in the Himalayas, I mean, the Sahara Desert, watching the sunset across Sahara after doing the marathon to Sabs, 152-mile race across there. Like, Joe, I have to ask you a question because yeah. I think this is good. Tell them what you did during that race. What, the and marathon what you, to Sab? Yeah, what you had. Well, so the marathon to Sab, it was after I broke the, the Guinness World Record. And the marathon to Sab is one considered one of the toughest foot races next to the Badwater 135 through Death Valley. The marathon goes through Sahara Desert. So ESPN had contacted me, like, man, we want to follow you. Like, you're going to be, because it's a staged race. we got to backpack, carry okay. stuff, too. It's all okay. support. you got to carry own self-supported. So I had a pretty good chance of, like, you know, winning it. Um, and uh, so they're like, we're going to follow you. You know, you're going to be our, our boy or whatever. And I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. Um, whenever I race, I always carry, like, a little... I guess it's my little. I, I'm a, I love I love uh, cigars and I love red wine. I just always have. It's always my little reward. So I always carry like a little little bottle and a little cigar for the finish line and stuff like that. But I'm going through the Sahara Desert and I just came through a little village. Just sand was taken over and there was there were there were there were um, grooves in the uh, the uh, stone um, road from from Roman chariots from 2,000 oh, wow. years ago. And I mean, it's just one of those moments where you're like, wow. And I come up on a sand dune. It was as tall as the Appalachian Mountains. It was over oh, like wow. three or four thousand feet tall, and I'm sitting there, and this huge red orb is sit, is is uh, dropping. You know, the, the sun's going down, and it was one of those moments where you're just like, you it's know, just, like, it's very primal. That sounds very primal. Just kind of like you, it, nature, and just the energy there. That must have been amazing. It was. That was it. I mean, I, I pulled up with you know ESPNs on I'm dune buggies and stuff like that. I just pulled over the side. Cracked over my little bottle of red wine, my little cigar, and I just sat back. And they came up and like, "Dude, what are you doing, man? You're yeah. you're a contender." And I'm like, "Look out there." Yeah. I'm like, yeah. "I'm like, when am I ever going to see that again in my life?" I mean, not that I couldn't go back, but again, been there, done, and it was just one of those moments. That's probably one of my favorite. I mean, and then, and then to, to do that, because because you just mentioned, I mean, one of the reasons, one of the things I'm trying to do with all about fitness is talk about how we can maintain a high level of fitness through the aging process. So you're now how old? 46. 46 years old. And I don't think you've slowed down much, have you? A little bit. You know, I, I mean, I, yeah, I have a, a little bit. I mean, I still do. And I find that, uh, you know, Pete, when I was, when I was, uh, you know, like 30 and then doing the world record stuff and competing like that, I mean, I could train three times a day. I yeah. used to do, I used to do an AM, like early morning would do a PM to sometime like an afternoon. And I mean, pretty, you know, I had it, I'd set it pretty good where it wouldn't go, you know, just a hundred percent every yeah. one, but I was still training two to three times a day. And then on the weekends, you know, eight to 12 to sometimes an entire weekend. Um, and I backed it off. I think I take more rest now. I'm, okay. I'm definitely better listening to my body. I see the injuries and, um, you know, I beat the hell out of my body the last yeah. like 16 years. Yeah. I mean, I put it through some rough stuff. So I still go at a pretty high level. I mean, you know, I'm still competitive in my age groups at, uh, at different events, but I backed it off a little bit, but not that much. Okay, I'm just so I'm smarter you, now. Is there anything you do specifically for recovery? Is that something that you, because I think one thing that we forget about, we enjoy exercise and we enjoy beating ourselves up. But one thing I've noticed is once you get over 40, that recovery, what you do, you have to have a specific recovery strategy because that's when you get stronger. You get stronger after the workout, yeah, not yeah. during the workout. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, my strategy now is Nicole has me, uh, she has me, uh, you know, doing a lot more flexibility stuff, which in the past I'd yeah. just go and then. So doing more flexibility, I actually I work with a guy here named Paulo, that uh, massage guy, Okay. goes in. Um, I find myself, I'm uh, eating a lot more pizza and, and drinking red wine afterward. <laughs> it really works extremely well. Two to three times a week, I'd yeah. recommend that to anybody out there. Yeah. But just really, I mean, just, you know what, I find when I was younger, I would never go hiking. I would never do anything that wasn't a million miles an hour and balls yeah. to the wall. We're doing a lot more of that, like doing more leisurely cycling in there, leisurely kayaking, leisurely hiking and stuff like that. So trying to balance out the yin and the yang between, you know, going nonstop and, you know. Do you see yourself ever slowing down? I mean, do you see, do you have any like long-term goals for as you get uh, get into your, your later years? I, you know, I just always want to be, I always want to be, I, I want to maintain like, um, just the, the, the fun aspect of it. And just, I mean, I always want to be a competitor and it's not a competitor against you or Nicole or anybody else out there. It's a competitor against me. Okay. I mean, that's like my only competition is with me because I know, you know, I always say, all right, you know, listen, so, you know, cause we all think we can do this and we'll we'll talk about it in our head. Yeah, yeah. We may not verbalize it, but when it goes in there, I'm like, all right, dude, let's see what you got. You know, you yeah. ready to do this because you know, as well as I do, I mean, a, a trend usually with effective, um, and consistent training equals results. I mean, yeah. it generally does. It's a pretty yeah. simple formula, and I'm a big believer in keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. So if you do this and do this, you should hopefully, you know, God forbid anything happen, expect this. Yeah. So I set my standards high and just, I want to get out there, and I think we all should. I think this whole mediocrity crap is just BS. There's no yeah. reason. I mean, I, why do you want to be a C student when you have the ability to be the best you can be and get out there and, uh, you know, and continue to get after it? And, one of the big things with with gut check fitness is that you know I tell people, people are like oh man you guys are all about jacked arms and yeah. six pack abs and buns of steel I said no no and I've never been about that especially as I get older I find for me personally and I'm sure you'd probably agree is I just want to age with pride and dignity yeah. I want to yeah. go into I saw my grandfather's both one was Battle of Bulge one was Pacific Theater and they both just became these decrepit hobbled yeah. sad unfortunate old men. And they were hard workers, but they didn't really take care of themselves. Yeah. They were hard workers, but there's a difference. And so well, we didn't understand. We didn't we understand didn't. the benefits of exercise as we get older. And I saw the same thing with with my you know my one grandfather. You know, when he worked on his, he left the house. He got kicked out of the house at 14 in New Mexico during the Depression, and he had to like fend for himself. Yep. And by the time you know his last couple of years, he just was you know his quality of life wasn't there. And that's yep. been one of the big motivating things for me personally. And, and two, one of the big things that really motivated me when I was when I first started playing rugby as a young guy at twenty something years old, I was out there playing with guys in their late thirties and early forties who were knocking the snot out of me. Yeah, these guys, here I was a cocky little twenty-two year old. These guys were beating the piss out of me, and it, that's when I made my mind that it's like fitness for me is about being active, and, yeah. and that's that's the message I want to give is that no matter your age, you can be active. So gut check. What is I know you're an out, you call yourselves an outdoor conditioning program, and what's your specific protocol? Because you're really popular. I mean, I, I bump into people. And people know who you are. They've heard of Gut Check, and you're now expanding internationally, correct? Yeah, yeah. We just expanded down to Australia. We're actually going to spend half the year there. Okay. Um, you know what? I, the thing, the big thing with it. I mean, we are we are definitely um, about working hard. We're definitely about working hard again because I just don't believe in, in going at anything half-ass. I believe in going. Um, and one, I think one of the biggest things about us is, is I continually talk to the, the you know I get these groups out there, and I got people from 25 to even up to 55 years old. And, you know, they're like, all right, we're ready to get after it. And I'll say, guys, like, listen, um, I got a question for you. You guys were all 10 years old, 10 years old at one time. They're like, 
the hell does that have to do with anything? I said, yeah. just answer. You were 10 years old. They're like, yeah, I was 10 years old. I said, all right, I want this workout. I want you to go back and think about that 10-year-old kid, which was you at one time. So, you know, this is what we're going to do. I said, when you see a hill, I want you to roll down. And when you see a mud puddle, I want you to jump in it. And when you see a new kid on the playground, you go up and shake their hand. And they're like, wow, that's really cool. I'm like, why does that ever stop? And that's really what we're just about. You know, we're not about, like, being the best or kicking people's butts or anything negative. Just want to keep a very positive, motivating, inspiring um, program that's that's really what we're about i mean we do we do very well because again i hold them to the same standards that i hold myself to and i always tell the, uh, the, the people all the instructors the amazing instructors who work with us i'm like that workout that you give them today it better be a workout that you would do and you'd be proud of if i see you out there doing this this silly little jump 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 ding 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 dog like like you know like you're like a monkey riding a unicycle i'm like no that's not gonna work i'm like i want it to be you guys know what fitness is you know what speed work is you know and we have a setup you know, between conditioning, speed, between hills, between muscular endurance. So it's set up programmatically, but I'm like, you got it. And it's not, we're not there to kill you, to make you puke or hurt you or anything like that, but give you a good, effective and productive workout. Well, and I think that's one of the things that, that research has shown. If When people work out on their own, they don't push themselves no, hard enough. And, not and, at all. And it's one thing, if, you, if you're going to the gym and you're using an elliptical, you're doing something, good. Doing any type of exercise is better than doing nothing totally. at all. Totally, yeah. But the benefit of joining a program like Gut Check or the benefit of working with a trainer or working with a coach is they're going to push you to be a little uncomfortable. And one of my favorite phrases I use is we have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, we have to be comfortable being uncomfortable because that's where we make changes. If we're always doing the same thing, we yeah. don't push ourselves. So it's interesting to hear that you use that playground mentality. And how do you, how do how do people respond to that? How do your how do your members or how do your students respond to that? They, they love it. They love it. I mean, from 25 to 55, um, yeah, they, they they like it. I mean, it really because it makes them think about it, you know, rather than it, it takes your mind away from the the. All right, this is what I'm, you know it gets you outside of your head with it, that we're going to be hardcore and crazy and intense, and it's just kind of like. I'm just going, I'm just playing like that 10 year old kid again. Cause you and know, I, we were reckless and ram. And I think we forget that in this day and age where everybody's on their devices, we're yeah. at work eight, 10 hours a day. And if you live in Southern California, community is going to kick your butt. I, I love the fact that you're giving permission to people to play, to be kids, to, to enjoy that. Yeah. And, I, and, and, and so when you do this, are you training other instructors? If somebody wants to do work, do a gut check fitness program, how do you, how can they get involved? Uh, all they got to do is contact uh, Nicole at Gut Check Fitness, get on our website. Um, we currently have about 15 uh, uh, instructors that work with us now, all incredible men and women from all different backgrounds, uh, you know, all, a little, of course, some basic fitness knowledge, but from military to, to but one of our, our toughest is probably a mother of four, <laughs> Megan Yu. She just turned 40 and she ran for her birthday, ran a 50 miler, and she's got a faster 100 mile time than I do. Really? And I'm the one who got her into it, darn it. <laughs> but it's just absolutely amazing. So it's just people that really want to push it, you know, and we get a lot of the best. Like, uh, it's really fun because, you know, having the background, which I don't care about, like, you know, personally, it brings people in. Like Nick Holland, one of the best ultra runners, young ultra runners in the world, he's part of like, part of the gut check program. So he helps with some of the ultra endurance stuff and okay, we have some cool. strength and we have female like Sarah Dahmer, amazing mountain bikers to just a good connection of people. And so are you only here in San Diego or do you have locations? Have, do you have franchises in other parts of the country? We, we do. We have a, we are, our program's set up very similar to CrossFit's. Okay. I mean, why not? Work yeah. setters work great inside the box. Yeah, sure. We're just, we're just like a Taco Bell. Think outside the box, you know, okay. we're just outside. So we got, we have LA, we have Indiana, we got a, 
did different places around like Chicago and stuff like that and got different people doing different things and then uh, now down in Australia too. And where do you see where do you see the fitness going in the next five years? I mean, we, you know, obstacle course racing kind of was something that was kind of, and I really hadn't thought about that before, about how social media helped blow that up. But in the next five years, where do you think, where do you, what do you think is going to be happening? I don't know. You know, it's, it's funny because I think about trend, because I mean, basically everything can be a trend. Yeah. You know, everything yeah, can yeah. be a trend. And it is. And people are fickle. I mean, we, we love something, man, like it's latest, greatest, you know, I yeah. mean, like, like again, Eco Challenge, but it came like, man, it hit hard and then, yeah. Yeah, then it came and then, um, obstacle of course, I think obstacle of course racing to be around for a while, but eventually, you know, people are going to get tired of paying 179, 250 yeah, bucks for, and then paying for parking and paying for spectators and crap like that. And it's going to yeah. be like, there'll be something else. Yeah. I, there's always something else. And I don't know. I don't know. I mean, social media is really, it's, you know, it's, it's made it good, but also social media has made it bad. I mean, yeah. I have a Guinness world record. I'm a two time death race holder. I don't have a fan page. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a fan page and I get hit up every day by these young men and women, which God bless them, good for you, but I mean, just because you did your first 5K, you don't need a fan page. I mean, yeah. rather than get on social media, I tell a lot of people, you know, you spend less time on social media and a little bit more outside training, you actually might then, you know. Well, and that, and that brings up this idea of the Instagram trainer. And I know some of these people, <laughs> they have their hearts in the right place, but just because you have 100,000 followers yeah. on a social media platform doesn't mean, and yeah, you might look good in a selfie, totally. but does that give you, does that mean you know how to write an exercise program? And totally. that's the unfortunate thing because people see somebody with a great body doing the selfie, putting their booty out there and all of a sudden oh, I want to look like that so this person with very little education is now leading you know tens of thousands of people yeah. when people like yourself who should be in like that us, position like all of us here and, and yeah you have the knowledge but you're just kind of like you're about the work you're not about the you know you're all you're all you're all go no show and I think that's an interesting <laughs> thing that we've seen because it's hard to know because I think obstacle course racing I think it's going to be there but I do agree that it's going to kind of ebb down a little bit yeah and just because after a certain point people are like okay I've done that I've exactly. done these challenges it always happens and, yeah. I, and I think it would be interesting to see if we get a return to adventure racing you know I just don't know if that if that would be something if like one day because I think the hard part is like with adventure racing you have two or three four day commitment yeah but to be able to do a one or two day yeah, do you think that could happen? I don't know. I think it could. I mean, I've, I'm, I mean, I'm because I'm still involved in that world. I see a little bit of it. You know, unfortunately, especially here in the states today, is is permitting and stuff like that. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things. I don't think it's so much time is this. We because we put on events now out in the Anzabrego Desert and around San Diego, like with like Iron Mountain, Mount Woodson, and permitting yeah. local, like local. You know, it's just I mean, our political, you know, politics is bad enough, but now yeah. our local politics is such a everyone's on the take and it just like i mean it's just it's really well, you get permits to do that and you, get you, permits. you have to get permits do you do permits for your outdoor conditioning we, oh yeah yeah yeah, okay. yeah 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 we have permits at like all parks around san diego and that's another thing that makes our our program different is we're and you know we're not we're not for the biggest loser client and you know like again god bless them we're glad you're doing yeah. something but our niche is intermediate to advanced yeah. and, and that's it and if people come to us and say hey you know this is a shape and i say listen i got the person for you Here's yeah. their information, go to them. But once you get to where you can run a 5K or whatever, then come to us. So we can go out and explore. Like I talk about the yeah. kid playing. Like yeah. if we do a workout at Iron Mountain or at Torrey Pines Glider Port, I mean, we're, we'll cover five to six miles yeah. while doing body weight, simple body weight calisthenics and stuff like that along the way. Because I would say the oldest, the oldest workout program in the world is the military style workout. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the Egyptians did it. The Spartans did it pretty effectively. Yeah. The Greeks, the Romans, you know, I mean, it's, it's the U.S. Army, you know, yeah. all the militaries around the world. So I think it's a pretty effective program, and it's it's just got the, the longest consistency, and um, it'll be around for a while. So that's that's what we do, and we do it in all the beautiful places. In San Diego, I mean, yeah. personally, like, why would you go in a little sweaty, stinky studio and do a little workout yeah. when? 
you can be on top of Mount yeah, Soledad totally. or Iron Mountain or, totally. you know, and the Anza Brego Desert or stuff like that. And, and that's, you know, I mean, again, different strokes for different folks, but we just love to do that. And your, your events, you put on events and races? We do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Where we do. We put on events around, like, we have uh, we have one called Rabbit Peak, which is a uh, probably the toughest marathon in Southern California. Um, it's the top of Rabbit Peak that gets less than 20 visitors a year and oh, back wow. down. Um it's pretty. It's pretty. It's very cool. But um, again, you got to be. This isn't. A, this isn't a rock and roll run. Yeah. Um, and I like to, the events that aren't. Listen, I'm glad the mainstream is there, but I like to put on the things that just are a little bit not quite mainstream, just because it's fun and I enjoy it. And then we do the like we have the, the West Coast Suck coming up, which is a 12-hour overnight, which would be out in the Koyamaka Mountains okay. from uh, seven o'clock to seven o'clock in the morning. And um, and so your training programs, you, when you do gut check fitness, you'll do overnight fitness conditioning. Yeah, 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 cool. yeah, yeah. We take people out and we take them in a safe environment. And it's nice because, especially women today, unfortunately, they can't go yeah. out because there's too many fruit cakes out there in the yeah. woods and stuff like that. So, you know, we're really big on the empowering aspect of it. You okay. know, because I think ultimately fitness is good, but empowerment should be right I there with one, it. I think that's one of the biggest best things about fitness for anybody is you know once you bang out your first couple push up pull ups and once you bang out your first distance you kind of look back on that that gives yep. you a self i think that gives people a certain self-confidence i agree so if somebody's sitting there and they're listening to this and they go okay this sounds like something i want to get into or i've never done an obstacle course race before what's your recommendation for somebody training for their first obstacle course race how would you how should they structure that or what should they be doing well i, I think you know even training for the first one um i, I would I, you know it's like finding a, a good trainer or something a good program I, you could do it on your own but I, you know being all us being professionals, I would go and talk to someone, you yeah. know, and, and do your research. Like if you're looking for a good fitness trainer, just don't go to Joe Blow because he's standing around his mama's underwear and he's got 30 inch biceps, you yeah. know, unless like, <laughs> that's not the best guy probably for yeah, you. Yeah, Nothing yeah. against his mama's underwear, but still like go do your research and look what their, their background is. And if you want to do an, uh, an obstacle course race, um, just read, you know, I, I would say do that or yeah, or just go jog. You know what? Go jog in a park and play like you were a kid. Go across a jungle gym, jump over some tables, you know, low crawl or bear crawl on the ground, run up a hill and yeah, you know, I mean, what more do you need? That's why we had that's why we had kids, my wife, because I kept getting kicked out of parks. <laughs> so I figured out if I have a couple of kids. That's right. Who's a creepy old guy in there? <laughs> but that's one of the interesting that I take my kids to a playground, Joe, and I don't see, you know, I don't do it every time, but there's sometimes I'm you know, climbing right up there with them. I'm, totally. I'm hanging off, I'm doing pull-ups, I'm I'm probably climbing where I shouldn't climb and, and maybe I'm setting a bad example for them. But my goal as a as a parent is set the example of being physically active. Totally. And so that they know, you know, my daughter knows I teach exercise. And so she, and I just, I feel like we could do that and go out and play and just say, Hey, playing is fun and playing is exercise. And I try to give them that message. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate your time today. Anything else to add? Anything we should know about gut check fitness for future plans and what you guys are doing? Uh, you know, we're just, I mean, we're just out there having fun, Pete. You know, I mean, uh, if, if anyone is interested, just to, you know, check us out at gutcheckfitness.com. Um, love to have them come out. First class is always free. We have different deals and stuff like that going on. And, um, I mean, that's, that's it, you know. Now, do you still have your book? Because I, I remember you came out with a book a few Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just have my book. I've actually been kind of working on number two because the first one, unfortunately, it wasn't as great as I wanted it to be because uh, I w made the mistake of working with a large pu uh, publishing company for the first one, and they gave me a lot of money, but then they took away a lot of my uh, ability okay. to uh, to write the book how I wanted to. They took away a lot of my voice. They kind of okay. neutered me a little bit, so it's not exactly. <laughs> yeah. But working on number two, stay tuned, the, the pizza and red wine uh, recovery <laughs> book. And
So for people, people that are interested, obviously you can check www.gutcheckfitness.com. Nicole has been sitting here. Nicole Decker is uh, Joe's wife. Anything to add about your kind of what you've seen and how you've seen Joe change his training over the years? You know, it's interesting, Pete, because when we just started this interview, uh, you were mentioning about aging with dignity and pride um, with age. And it's so interesting to see, you know, where Gut Check has evolved and how I started. I have my master's degree in exercise physiology. So I started at a very young age being very active and watching Joe going through since 30 years old to now 46, seeing this transition, but also still getting after it, still having that bucket list, um, still training and inspiring many people around the world. And now I get to be part of it and hosting these amazing events. And it's just, it's been incredible. But, you know, as you age, do never, never forget to play and do something that is outside of your comfort zone. Um, We just hosted five different events in five different cities in Australia. And it was an incredible journey because we had people from 27 years old to a 65 year old man out there pushing it and going beyond his limits. And that's truly what it is. As you age, what is next? How can I define my own limits? So I think, you know, with this interview too, just in closure, um, age with dignity and pride and, and get out in there and I think it sounds like your message is have fun and push yourself. Yeah. Do, do, it, do it. it makes you do it makes you uncomfortable. Because I, I think you know pushing you know being able to push yourself. I think is where we get real growth. And you know what I what I tell people sometimes you're doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same results is what yeah yeah that's insanity yeah, yeah, definitely so, so, insanity. So Joe Joe and Nicole Decker, I really appreciate your time today, guys. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah appreciate time. it. Yeah, okay, cool. A couple things. First, before I go any further, uh, for those of you that listen to All About Fitness on a regular basis, if you enjoy the content and if you've been recommending it to your friends, the only thing I ask is if you could take a moment and please give us a review. You know, look down, however you're listening to this, Stitcher, iTunes, whatever channel you are, you know how this works. And, And all I ask is you take a minute, just give us a review, let us know how you like it, let others know how you like All About Fitness. Please share this information. What I'm trying to do is put good fitness information out there that has none of the BS. I'm not trying to sell or promote anything except for my book, Smarter Workouts, which you can find down below in the show notes. <laughs> so I'm not really trying to push any point of view except sell my book. Um, but I'm trying to bring you great information about how you use exercise. And one of the things I wanted to do with this interview is to talk to Joe again because – and the interesting thing is I've known Joe – Joe and I – I wouldn't call us friends. I wouldn't, you know, definitely would not call us enemies. But Joe and I, we, we've we've paralleled each other a few times. We were both in the D.C. area at the same time. And interestingly enough, I remember, I remember the news article in the Washington Post that ran the day, the day or two after Joe set the Guinness Book of World Record. He did it at a at a health club in Maryland, not too far outside of D.C. I think it was Germantown or. Gaithersburg, Maryland. Anyway, I remember that story. And so over the years, you know, Joe and I have crossed paths and it was kind of funny before this interview, we, um, and this is actually, I think the only podcast interview I did in a library, we met in a, in a public library in a private room and would, I would bump into him at a Starbucks in San Diego. And it turned out we both lived near the same Starbucks. And so I'd see him in the morning there, which is one of the reasons he was one of my first interviews. But in all seriousness, when I thought when I conceived of this podcast, Joe was literally one of the top five people I wanted to interview because of his background. And I mean, you listen to this guy, he's not bragging about himself at all. If you go to his website, the dude is one of the most humble dudes, but he has done some of the gnarliest fitness stuff out there. I mean, you want to talk fitness, you want to talk being in shape, you want to talk things that you can do. 
you know, you look at what Joe has done, look at his adventure races, look at his endurance races, and he's one of the few guys I know, and this is what makes Joe so remarkable, but he's one of the few people I've known who's done both powerlifting and ultra-adventure racing and ultra-endurance racing. Think about that for a second. Powerlifting is lifting as much weight as you can in the squat, bench press, and deadlift. Powerlifting is, is the expression of strength. Powerlifting is pure strength. They call it power, but it's really strength. Ultra, you know, endurance racing is pure endurance. Those are two opposite sides of the spectrum. And then let's not even talk about the death race. The Spartan death race is absolutely one of the most insane things that was ever conceived and is where, you know, Joe DeSena really kind of took that and evolved the current, you know, Spartan race series from that. So the fact that Joe has done these things, in my mind, makes him one of the fittest people out there. Yes, he has a Guinness Book of World's record, so that alone qualifies him enough. But the fact that he does these races, and I see him at some of these races, when I've done some of the obstacle course races in San Diego, I see Joe and his gut check team there, the dude's walking the walk. And the most important thing is he doesn't waste any of his time talking. So much people, so many people in fitness spend so much time talking this, talking that, posting stuff up on social media. That ain't Joe. Joe is all about getting out there, getting it done, enjoying the suck, and you heard him, having a glass of wine and a cigar afterwards. It's really a lot of fun to bring you these insights, and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. So again, I'm not going to go back and re-air everything I did back in 2016 and early 2017, but since I changed podcast platforms and I lost some of these earlier interviews, I really enjoyed them. I mean, it was kind of fun to go back and hear one of my earlier interviews, but you still get something out of it. So just like summertime we used to do back in the 80s, we used to have reruns in the summertime. All I'm trying to do is, is reintroduce you to some of the people who helped me get All About Fitness started with this series. If you enjoy All About Fitness, please follow me on Instagram. My Instagram hag is Pete McCall underscore fitness. That's Pete McCall underscore fitness on Instagram. If you have any ideas for show ideas or you want to pitch a guest to me, reach out to me, Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. That's Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. If you want to support the show, please take a moment, write a review, let other people know how important the show is to you to learn about fitness. And if you really want to support the show, please buy a copy of Smarter, Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple. That's the book where I take 20 years of being in the fitness industry and try to help you learn how to use exercise to enhance your quality of life. Thanks for stopping by, and I look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.